Hey everybody, Zach here. People often ask me where I go to learn about what's new and next in enrollment marketing. And I tell them that most of my learning actually comes from following thought leaders on social media and then trying to convince them to come on a podcast and share their insights with me. And that's actually exactly how I met my now friend, Matt Diddlegen, who is the co-founder and CEO of Glacier. Glacier is the leader in high school advertising for higher education. Matt has been on the podcast a few times now, Some of you have probably listened to one or more of his episodes, and every time I interview him, I'm just amazed by what he and his team are up to. So I finally convinced Matt to become an official Enrollify partner, which means I get to tell you all about why I love Glacier. Glacier offers the largest high school advertising network in North America. This unique platform allows higher education marketers the opportunity to place massive billboard-style ads directly inside feeder high schools leverage influential students as brand ambassadors, and layer in a robust digital advertising component. They are actively writing the book on how to use micro-influencers in enrollment marketing and how to generate ROI from social networks like Snapchat and TikTok. Anytime I want to know what works and what doesn't when it comes to digital advertising to high school students, I call the Glacier team. If you are ready to take your high school recruitment to the next level or want to learn more about how Glacier can help you, you can visit their website at weareglacier.org forward slash enrollify to check out their free resources or to schedule a chat with one of their team members. Again, that's weareglacier.org forward slash enrollify. And be sure to tell them that Zach from Enrollify sent you. All right, guys, thank you and enjoy this week's episode. Gen Z culture moves incredibly fast, and it's only increasing in the rate of its acceleration. Higher education moves comparably slow, and therefore, there's often a disconnect between higher ed and prospective students. Everyone in higher ed wants to know what strategies and tactics work best to recruit this next generation of students. And just when folks think they've got it, preferences seem to change. Welcome to Signals, a special series on the trends, indicators, and Gen Z behaviors shaping the future of higher ed digital advertising, brought to you by Glacier and Enrollify. I'm Zach, founder of Enrollify. And I'm Matt Diddlejan, co-founder and CEO of Glacier, a digital advertising agency specializing in youth marketing and higher education. You can subscribe to this series and access other podcasts, e-courses, videos, and more at enrollify.org. And if you want to learn a little bit more about Glacier, head on over to weareglacier.org forward slash enrollify and download one of their epic white papers. All right, without further ado, welcome to the show. to the show. Matt could not be with us on this episode of Signals. And so we have uh, another guest uh, who is awesome, actually. And his name is Ian. I've been stalking his LinkedIn profile over the last couple of days. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm surprised like I haven't connected with him before. So um, you're in for you're in for a treat. Uh, although we do we do miss you, Matt. But Ian, uh, welcome to the show. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, looking forward to it. Well, Ian, you are the head of marketing at Reroute, which is a uh, brand new, if I understand correctly, marketing agency located in North Carolina. Uh, you have done a lot of work in and around higher ed, and we're going to talk a lot about that momentarily. But uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, the story behind founding Reroute before we dive into today's conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll keep it brief, but also try and give a little bit of context too. So um, I have done freelance uh, content production, primarily surrounding video production, digital media for 10 plus years. Um, and so I had a healthy kind of uh, book of clients in the higher ed space, small businesses, all kinds of stuff. Um, I worked while operating that kind of freelance um, for William Peace University located in downtown Raleigh for about six years. Uh, I ran communication and marketing there. And so through kind of being in higher ed, I made a lot of contacts, right? Like speaking at national conferences, um, um, stuff like that. And uh, really just kind of networking, whether it was through Case uh, 3, um, uh, EduWeb, um, a lot of kind of, uh, summits like that, where yeah. you just naturally a lot of people in higher ed. And so, um, I came over to Chapel Residential, which is a real estate, uh, development firm, um, that focuses on, that focuses on residential new construction, as well as general brokerage. So Zach's trying to buy and sell a home. We help Zach. Okay. Um, but then if Zach is looking to, uh, invest possibly and seek to get, you know, the highest ROI as possible, um, uh, with an investment project with building 20 townhomes, 30 condos, whatever it is. Right. And each one of those projects needs its own brand. Sure. It needs its own sure. website. It needs its own, um, uh, identity. It needs its own story, um, copywriting, digital ads, keyword search, social media, email marketing, you name it. Right. And so, that's kind of what I came over here to chapel to do. Um, didn't really have a lot of experience in the real estate marketing space, but at the end of the day, no matter the uh, industry or the space that you're talking about, everyone has a story to tell. And yeah. I'm a firm believer in that, whether it's higher ed, a certain college, right? And what differentiates that college versus the next. Um, same thing with real estate marketing and project to project. What? Why is this condo project different than that one, right? Why is this specific home, this address different than that one? And so um, we were able to build this division up into a monetizing division over the three years that I've been here. O over the pandemic, we were consistently, and I know we're still in a pandemic, but really for that year that things were really on pause, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, people were steadily approaching us going, hey, who does your marketing? Who does your marketing? Because people were constantly trying to figure out how to do this kind of stuff, right? Podcasts. Uh, vlogs, uh, digital ads, keyword search, because everyone got glued to their phones yeah. and to their devices and were constantly online during that time. And we were seeing metrics for our brand just surge. So people were asking us, who does your stuff? And we were like, we do it in-house here at Chapel. And so um, uh, our owner at Chapel, Johnny Chapel, uh, uh, and I kind of put our heads together and said, hey, why don't we merge kind of ENC Done Films, what you've been doing, uh, freelance for years, what we're doing here at Chapel, um, and then the people who keep approaching us, and why don't we merge this into a new venture? And so that's a sister marketing company called Reroute, um, and we are based in downtown Raleigh, but we really help people really across the country. We actually uh, just recently completed um, a website redesign project, brand refresh, 
cinematography, everything for a agriculture tech startup out of Nashville, Tennessee. We've never met them in person. Wow. Uh, they literally came off of a referral for some for a client who I had worked for in the past, um, kind of in my freelance space. And we told them, hey, we're starting this kind of new thing. And so we hope to be publicly launched Q1 of 2022. Right now, it's just been kind of a soft launch. And we made that switch August 1st. Um, but our focus is on, you know, content and content marketing um, and, and our slogan is content that changes the conversation. So Ooh, reroute, right. Reroute. We love, we love navigational puns. Uh, <laughs> and so we, we, we will be playing off that a ton on our site, but you know, content that changes the conversation. A lot of what we're about to talk about specifically in the higher ed space, in my opinion, relates around content and yeah. creative, yeah. right? Oh yeah, ooh, I love it. This is uh, so much, so much gold already, Ian, and we're we're just starting out here. Um, so yeah, as you alluded to, we're we're here to talk about really like the role that creative plays in student recruitment and higher ed marketing, you know, even a little bit more generally. And so before joining Chapel, you spent, uh, as you've alluded to already, uh, several years working at William Peace University. And again, if you're LinkedIn serves me correctly, you held a couple of different roles while at William Peace. I'm curious, you know, as a creative, you've also had your freelance business, uh, ENC done going for a while. So what kind of compelled you to, to step into higher education? Like of all the places you could go as a creative, like why higher ed? Yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, a little bit of backstory on that. I worked um, as a producer in television uh, straight out of college, um, and uh, that was specifically in the news industry. And the news hours, if you've ever worked in that space, it are absolutely awful. So I was producing the morning newscasts, um, and that's everything from stacking the show, figuring out what, what reporters are going to go cover for the day, um, all, all of that stuff, you are in charge of the editorialness of that entire newscast. And mm. so I was, I was given the reins at a very young age, straight out of college, kind of in that, uh, area. And it really helped me cut my teeth, uh, to be constantly behind the eight ball <laughs> because when you walk into a newsroom, something is changing by the second and you're behind whenever you walk in. And so I was looking for a change of pace. I had started also doing freelance work around that time. Um, I was looking for a change of pace, um, higher ed, especially here in this area. I'm a graduate of NC state university. So go pack. Um, there's so much higher ed in the triangle here in Raleigh, Durham and Chapel Hill. You've got UNC, NC state, Duke, and then a host of small privates throughout the entire area. William Peace university, Meredith college, Campbell, um, Mount Olive is not too far the other way. I mean, there, there are tons of higher ed institutions in the triangle. And so it's really kind of one of the things that we're known for. And so I wanted to get into the higher ed space because one, the market here was just kind of indicative of higher ed. Um, but also there's a sense of nostalgia about a college campus. Um, hmm. and, 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 and I've always kind of missed that. And I've always kind of longed to be, to be back on campus. There's a certain energy, there's a certain vibrancy about being on a college campus. And so luckily I was afforded uh, an opportunity with a contact who I knew over at William Peace University. It was right after a time where they went from single gender 
as an all-female institution to co-ed. They rebranded the uh, school from Peace College to William Peace University. So I stepped in a time where they were going through a serious transitional um, phase. Um, and so it was really fun to kind of start there first as a digital communication coordinator. And I did that job for about um, a year and then was quickly promoted to director of comm and marketing there. And so, um, yeah, it, it, Peace, Peace taught me so many things and gave me such great opportunities because we were a very small shop. Uh, yeah. We were a two person office the entire time that I was there over six years. Um, and and to uh, when you're a two person office, you have to figure stuff out and you have to wear a lot of hats and you have to do a lot of stuff. So you gotta be the videographer, you gotta be the editor, you gotta be the director who's in saying, what are we doing with this content, right? And you're working with admissions to get that in drip campaigns through the CRM. Um, you're you know getting that on social media, you're setting up digital ads and looking at conversion tracking to go, okay, well, we just created this ad for the open house we have on Saturday. How many custom conversions did yeah. we get from that? Did we have as many people show up as, as we thought? And then can we go back and say, this ad was successful for this open house because 30% of the people that are there, we can say came to us through a Facebook ad. Yeah. So, yeah. So just that's a little bit of background, just how I got into the higher ed space. Um, and then as I was in the higher ed space, I loved it. Um, I was doing freelance work, um, not really for other colleges at the time, um, because there's there's always a conflict of interest there. Sure. Um, but I was working with um, with some private boarding schools, which operate in in a very similar fashion to a small college, right? Those those kids who are going to those um, to those kind of fancier boarding schools paying a tuition sure there's financial aid they are living there on campus right um so there's a lot of similarities um between those kinds of institutions and a college too yeah yeah i'm, I'm curious so you know we've had a, a number of people on the show who have marketing backgrounds or even folks that like haven't had marketing backgrounds specifically but have you know management backgrounds business backgrounds etc and from you know this is anecdotal uh, evidence here but from these conversations i've always uh, assumed um that most of these folks and even you know based off of lock stocking their linkedin profiles come from you know they start as a, a marketing coordinator they are a marketing associate of some of some sort they you know work their way up to the director level vp level ultimately you know many folks want to be a, a cmo or they go and they have a career in marketing outside of higher ed and then they transfer in as a director or vp etc but uh, i actually haven't i think you might be the first person that i've spoken with um, that was a director that had a creative background. And so I'm just curious, like, how did that influence your, your, your marketing strategy overall? Like how did being coming from, you know, uh, a world yeah. where vi like visuals were, were so important, right. And, and storytelling is, is sort of like central to the work that you did personally, independently, but then also, you know, the work that you did, uh, at the newsroom, sort of like, you know, b before you came into higher ed. So how did, how did sort of like your creative background influence the way that you led marketing while at William Peace? So I came in at Peace first and foremost as a creative. Um, then I basically got, I, I mean, marketing, I think 
at that time when I came over, like YouTube was just really taking off, mm. right? This like 2012-ish. And I came in being like, we need to make overview videos for all of our programs here. We need to host them on YouTube. We need to put them on the website. It was just to me, like a lot of just common sense, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I was lucky enough to come in as a creative who kind of just got like, okay, what do we need to do to get clicks? What do we need to do to get attention? What do we need to get, to get eyeballs on, on things? And to me, it was always, you gotta have creativity first. You have to have creative content first. That fuels literally everything that you do. And so at peace, I came in as a creative because I agree with you, man, every single person I've talked to at higher ed really 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 strategy and really really up here and they don't have the tangible skills to go do the things they want to do themselves yeah, yeah. um and so i came in and, and said i can do all these things and then i think i can also do the things that you're also talking about doing too because at the end of the day to me it's just a lot of it is just common sense and then putting yourself in in sort of that news background to go what is the common person? What is the average person wanting to see? And that's mm. something that we, 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 we said that to ourselves in news all the time, right? What are the hot button issues? What are the things that people are going to click on? What are, what are viewers going to want to see? And it's the same thing. Viewers are stakeholders, just like at a college, whether it's alumni donors, whether it's prospective parents, students, um, internal stakeholders, faculty, right? And so I was able to quickly kind of learn the lay of the land um, in higher ed and sort of how that worked. And then, then I really started getting into, okay, all this creative content that we're starting to produce, we need to measure it. Hmm. And we need to see, is it effectively doing what it's doing? And so at Reroute, this is a method and a process that I have been saying to people for years and years and years. We, we create, we distribute, and we measure, right? When you create all this stuff, you have to distribute in a way that's going to get eyeballs and clicks and get traffic back to your website that result in applications, FAFSA forms, whatever it is that is your call to action, donor dollars, right? Sure. Um, and so the distribution is the same across a lot of, 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 of industries, email marketing. Facebook and Instagram ads, LinkedIn ads are fantastic. That's something that we leverage a lot. Snapchat ads, man. I used to run Snapchat ads for open houses at Peace be, 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 before I left. And the activity and the engagement on those were through the roof. Yeah. And a lot of these platforms, Hulu, right? So, so like we do over the top ads through Hulu. All these ind individual platforms now have their own dashboards where you can go do your ads. You don't need an agency. You don't need somebody. You can literally go do them. Now, an agency like Reroute, we will gladly do that for you if you don't have the time to do it, right? Because a lot of higher ed institutions are strapped for yeah. manpower. Yeah. A lot of places combine positions. And I think that's one of the questions that you have a little bit later on about some advice that I could give. And I'll get into that, but a lot of people are wearing 12 different hats, especially at smaller privates, which is what I did at Peace. But basically, I went creative first, then I got into the distribution of it. Then you see the results of your actual uh, creativity, and that's where you start to unlock doors and go, oh, okay, we need to keep doing this, or we don't need to. Let's pivot and try this, right? And so 
the main thing for me is creative fuels everything. Yeah. You can't have good digital ads. You can't have, you know, I'm not a huge print guy, but you can't have good postcards. You can't have good view books without a lot of imagery in there. Really cool design with factoids and all of that. You can't have good virtual tools. I mean, uh, tours, uh, social media. Um, I mean, all of that without catchy, cool, creative, because literally content drives everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, oh gosh. I love what you're, you're saying, Ian, because even just to go back a couple minutes, you said, you know, uh, we would always start, I would always start by thinking like, what is it that people want to watch, right? Like what does the average person want to consume? And I think like that is that very question, that very like jumping off point is not something that most schools, most, most hired marketing teams ask themselves. It's, it's more like, what, what do we need to say? Like, exactly. what, what is the story that we want to tell? It's not, exactly. it, it, you're not jumping off from the point of what do people actually want to watch? Yeah. And that, that is a completely different conversation and a completely different framework for thinking about how to develop a creative marketing campaign. Right. And, and I used to have a saying too, was you are not your audience. What you want is not what your audience wants. Yeah. What I want is not what the audience wants. We need to look at the data. We need to look at who's visiting our website through Google Analytics. Let's look at the demographic data, right? Um, we actually created surveys too, Gen Z surveys the last year that I was at Peace because we wanted to get even more granular and say, okay, um, is what we're doing actually correct? Yeah. I thought what we were doing was because our engagement was growing, everything was growing at a great clip. We were hitting KPIs and it was like applications still weren't going up. Hmm. Yeah. And at, and at the end of the day, a, um, and, 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 and really applications, but really enrollment wasn't going up. Yeah. And so that's really a, a, a problem across higher ed, really across the board, whether you're talking about big state schools, but especially at small privates, um, it, you know, enrollment is the lifeblood it's what keeps the lights on yeah and so you have to have that operational cash flow that comes in every single year right um and so we created gen z surveys we actually took our prospective student pool and we created surveys for them that said what kind of content do you want to see do you want to see student life content do you want to see pretty photos of campus do you want to see more long-form content do you want to see short form we did all of this kind of stuff. Which platform do you prefer to learn about a college on? Ask these questions because we want to know what Gen Z thought. I actually had a high school intern from Broughton High School just down the road here in Raleigh actually help us develop that. Huh. We asked her, what do you and your friends want to learn about whenever you are learning about these colleges? She was applying to Alabama and Tennessee and NC State and all these places. And just this flood of just all this stuff looked the same, man. And it was like, how do you make a decision? How do you make a choice? And so it was like, you know, we really learned like, all right, we need to create more student life centric content. We, we need to do more student takeovers on social media. We need to put cameras in students' hands. We need to do all of this stuff. And really we got, I think we sent that to a uh, prospective student pool of about 15,000 um, high schoolers. And we created 
a giveaway. And we said, if you fill this out, uh, you will go in the winning for an Apple Watch. Wow. And you have to come get it at our open house on XYZ date, right? And so we had like a thousand submissions. <laughs> and when you ask a high school kid to fill out a form of like 30 questions and they do it, and they actually genuinely typed in, you know, some like two or three sentence answers. It was like, wow, it's because they wanted the Apple Watch, man. Yeah, but it was yeah, like, hey, yeah. we don't care because we just want the data. We just want the input. So that's something that we did that 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 really I thought was very, very su successful. And then it also checked another box where we then took a photo of that student with the Apple Watch at open house so that we delivered on that promise on our social media saying, hey, congratulations to Anna, a senior at whatever. She She's the the proud winner of our Apple watch contest. Right. Yeah. Um, because I, because I think it's, it's, it's important to go back and then deliver and say, we did this. Here's proof of it. This wasn't just some other giveaway you see online and you never hear about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. Uh, and you know what you're, I think speaking to, which is, which is great here is are just like really like alternative ways of thinking about boosting engagement, uh, you know, getting the yeah. name of William Peace out there, but then also sort of like having vehicles and methods for capturing sort of Im the impact of the creative or the impact of the campaign, which is, which is super, super important. And I think like, you know, we're, we're seeing more of this um, uh, collaboration, I'll call it between marketing and admissions teams. And, you know, there's, there's more syncing up happening. You're seeing, you know, roles uh, emerge like director of enrollment marketing or enrollment marketing coordinator, which is, you know, the, oftentimes playing the role at, at they're a part of the admissions team, but they're they're a marketer, right? And they're a liaison to the rest of the marketing and communications team throughout the institution. And I think there's so many really cool, like exciting things happening in the greater landscape of uh, hired marketing and, and, and student recruitment right now. Um, but I want to I actually want to go back because I think uh, I, you, the uh, the statement you made about sort of like you are not your audience and um, and whatnot I think is an incredibly important one. But I and, and and while I understand where that comes from and I I agree, I think one of the challenges in higher ed is that we've associated that like we are not our target audience with the fact that like mm -hmm. we can get away with creating content that is like not that interesting. Like it's not that interesting to us. But right. you know we're we're not a seventeen year old, so it it should be interesting to them. And I think like there are just some like basic frameworks when it comes to developing anything creative of like all like humans have short attention spans, right? We regardless yeah. of if you're seventeen or seventy seven, right? Like, yeah. and I think like uh, at the end of the day, sometimes that actually becomes an excuse, and that I think that actually like prevents people from being creative because they're like, well, yeah. you know, I, I'm not, I'm not my target audience. So whatever. And in the evaluation stage of a campaign, when folks are, you know, before, before a big campaign goes live, it's, I, I think it can also be tempting from leader, a leadership standpoint to be like, oh, well, I didn't really think that that video was that good, but like, Hey, I, you know, I guess people will want to see drone footage for four minutes of our institution. Like not me, but yeah. maybe I guess they will. I'll trust, I'll trust these people. And in actuality, mm -hmm. like what folks are forgetting is that there are just some, you know, common uh, uh frameworks that all creative uh should should go through or at least be tested against before going live so i'd love for you to like just talk a little bit about that like when you thought about campaigns developing campaigns at william peace regardless of like you know what the actual campaign was about are, are there specific like uh processes that you'd, you'd kind of work through or how would sort of you validate whether or not you were effectively communicating the idea or the cta that you were trying to communicate in a way that was actually 
you know, compelling and interesting to a 17 year old, or if you were targeting, you know, folks for a grad, uh, a grad program, a slightly different audience, like what, what, I guess, basic, uh, what are, what are, I guess, like the, um, the bones, if you will, that make up a good sort of like a creative campaign that you think more schools, more folks in, in higher ed need to be aware of, uh, as they are working with their marketing teams on some sort of, you know, institution wide campaign. Right. Yeah. I, you know, you've got, I think, you know, the data changes year to year and it's by platform, right? But you have like three seconds to catch someone's attention, maybe even less now. It used to be like five seconds. That's getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter, right? And and so my rule of thumb is no matter what you're kind of advertising, you have to have your coolest shot in there first. Like you just, you just absolutely have to, whether that's a drone shot, whether that is, um, you know, uh, you, you know, I really hate to say it, but we are drawn to attractive people. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to think, um, you know, with, and of course you have to keep diversity in mind, inclusion in mind, all of that kind of stuff. Right all of your ads need to show, you know, real people, not stock photos. That's a number one thing I can tell you right now not to do. Don't use stock video. Don't use stock photos, anything. There's tons of data out there that says people see right through that. And people are more likely to click on ads, click on content that has real people in it. So if you're a college, you've got thousands of students, yeah. professors, all of them on your campus. You've got, you've got all kinds of of people on that campus that you can go photograph at any time, take video of at any time, real classes, real things, get rid of the stock stuff. Right. And then going back to what I was saying before people, it, it's just, it, it is something in our brains. We like looking at pretty things. We like looking, we like looking at things that are nice to look at. Yeah. yeah. That could be a bucolic scenic campus. If you've got a beautiful campus, leverage that, show it. If you've got some, a campus like Peace that is downtown, show downtown, yeah. show students going and doing stuff in downtown and then take your most creative shot uh, and, then, and then use that first to capture someone's attention. If you're looking for something gimmicky to catch someone's attention right off the bat, it's a, it's a doop, 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 doop. And it's like, hey, and that will get somebody's attention right off, right off the bat, right? Yeah. Um, there, there are all kinds of creative ways that you can that you can do that. Um, but like, you know, take your students, take your best looking students, and put them toward the front in terms of creative, because that's going to keep people's engagement and keep their eyes. It's just human nature. I yeah. just really hate to say it, right? But like. I mean, you all have photogenic student ambassadors, uh, you know, um, you know, admissions counselors, whatever you call them, all across campus. Like, put people on camera and in front of camera um, who you think are going to draw some people in, right? Like, we yeah. just did a video, uh, a video walkthrough for NC State's College of Textiles. And literally we filmed it as if they were taking us on a walking tour. Um, it was about a five minute long video, um, which I said, Hey, you might want to cut this down some for people's attention span, but they wanted to go that direction. So we said, okay, cool. 
Um, but it was basically served as a walking tour. I think there were eight or nine, um, you know, stops along the way, but we used a lot of cool transitions where we would peek out behind something, um, where basically I zoomed into a empty computer screen monitor and then it, and then it basically cut to the next shot, which was our tour guide walking toward the camera. So doing some kind of catchy gimmicky stuff to keep people interested, but the girl, the young lady who was leading the tour it's fantastic on camera. Yeah. I yeah. mean, she was awesome. She nailed her lines. She was a very, you know, she was just great on camera. And so, you know, that's a rule of thumb too, is like put people on camera who you think people are going to listen to and people are going to watch. Yeah. If it's a timid, timid student that is great, they're super smart, they're all that kind of stuff, they may not be the best person to be in front of a camera if they're actually talking or if they're doing something along those lines, right? So, I mean, it's just, yeah. I'm almost thinking about like, we've talked a fair amount uh, during the series about like TikTok, right? And about how do you sort of help staff TikTok uh, uh, influencers at your college and university? What does it look like yeah. to partner with folks that are at your school already and they have, uh, you know, good followings on TikTok, et cetera. And I think the same thing is like, if you're, if you've got a creator or, or creators on campus that are really good at content, like, and if they've got loads of followers, they probably are also decently attractive and finding yeah. those people and saying, Hey, keep doing TikTok, keep doing what you're doing, but we'd love to partner with you on this campaign find some way to either you know pay them a little bit or you know incentivize them yeah. somewhat to to be a part of this and and that way right like the, these folks do already know how to act like they do know how to create already so the hard work is uh, some of the hard work anyways is 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 done um right. what what do you think about like um like youtube specifically right so i, I think higher ed as a whole has just been very very slow to adopt video advertising uh, of it, you know, we still, we still like talking with, uh, uh, many folks that I know who have their own marketing agencies still struggle to get institutions to invest in video and video is still sort of like thought of as this like luxury good. Um, and I do, I do really feel like that is changing, but the change is just slow. Like it's, it's just way freaking like, it's just a lot more slow than it, than it should be. Uh, especially, especially with all the data that we are getting back about how students have literally two seconds right you've got two seconds to get their attention before they swipe up or move on or whatnot and you know video as a very visual medium does it is just compelling and these kids i mean you know gone are the days when you'd scroll through a facebook news feed you're scrolling through videos on tiktok and so uh i do think that yeah this is slowly but surely changing but my question for you is like when you think about video advertising, you think about YouTube specifically, right? I, I feel like there's just not a lot of conversation, not enough conversation happening in the higher ed marketing and missions uh, uh, spaces about the power of, you know, the the second most popular search engine. Um, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, and I, I feel like higher ed just doesn't get YouTube. Like, I, it's, it, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because it's they also just don't get video or if it's like yeah. it's, it's a platform that they just don't use a lot and they don't realize that. Gen Z spends hours and hours and hours consuming content on YouTube yeah. every day. So talk to us about like how you think about YouTube and how YouTube can be leveraged for, you know, student recruitment and, and marketing campaigns at a college or university. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I take it back to what I said earlier before I came to peace with the idea in my interview to do overview videos for each of their academic programs in 2012 
that was, I mean, that's literally almost, that is 10 years ago, uh, next month. And that is insane. I was saying that same thing 10 years ago. Yeah. It applies right now more than ever. And it's like, it, it is insane to me to, to go to a college's website, to look up an academic program, biology, right? Pre-law, communications, you know, film, whatever. And to go on there and all I see is, you know, 2,000 words of text and some stock photos and that's it. <laughs> and I'm like, if you have film as a major at your college and you don't have an don't overview have you know, of the film program, I'm just scratching my head going, what are we doing here? Yeah. And yeah. so because a student might be saying the same thing is going like, good Lord, like I can't even learn about this, uh, you know, uh, in an interactive, cool way. Um, and, and, and so YouTube, to me, that's what every college in America should be doing. You should have an academic overview video for each one of your programs, or at least the big revenue ones, right? Um, you need to have that done. Like that's a low hanging fruit item to me. It is just standard. You should have it on your website in 2022. You should have had it on your website back in 2015, but we know how colleges operate, right? It, it takes a lot of time for ideas to catch on. And then when they finally catch on, it's usually 10 years past when you actually need to really do something. Yep. Yep. So, you know, and that's really not a knock on higher ed that's just that's kind of just the way it is and there's a lot of ideas and old ways that are entrenched in that culture and i think it takes a lot of um tide shifters to kind of come in and kind of move people in a more digital more uh uh you know kind of uh creative creatively savvy kind of way with in terms of content so with youtube there's content that you can create with an overview video of a program. You're interviewing and talking to actual students in the program. You're talking to professors, you're talking to whoever, right? But then YouTube too, I think there's a huge opportunity to do some long form content on there, mm. right? Because I mean, you think about people, uh, I mean, just like you talked about, students are looking at YouTube a, like a lot. And so it's, it's, it's a lot of long form content. They're looking at uh, other influencers on there. They're looking at how to do this. They're, they're like looking at people's Twitch type videos that might be hosted on their YouTube channel. They're looking at reviews of the XYZ, right? Um, so I think that there's a way to engage with micro in influencers, which I know a company like Glacier you know, it's really in, innovative in there and doing stuff like that, where you can get micro influencers to make a video from their point of view. We yeah. actually used to do something called uh, hashtag peace pacer cam. And I gave a GoPro to a student and told them not to block the microphone on it. And they would literally walk around with it and talk about campus and what they loved about it and i put like a little uh after effects um frame on it with like a blinking red light to make it seem like it's really you know organic and like that like that video type feel right and it was organic we were coaching them and saying we would like you to cover this whenever we would go to a student athlete we would be like please talk about the student athlete experience here right um, so I think that's a really cool way that like colleges could leverage students and uh, students who are already kind of creating content naturally on their campus. But I think there's a lot of long form stuff that you could really do uh, too on there um, that, um, you know, 
maybe it's just an open-ended discussion on just diversity. Maybe yeah. it's just an open-ended discussion on politics, right? Um, maybe it's, you know, about, you know, class, like, you know, welfare, like, like all that kind of stuff that like Gen Z has topics that they truly, truly care about. And is there maybe a student led panel or discussion that could be done in a vlog type setting? That's, that's really long form content that really talks about, well, how are students dealing with this kind of stuff? Right. Um, And so I think that there's a lot of way that colleges can really leverage YouTube. And to your point, I don't think that they're doing it. I don't think they were doing it well in 2012 when I interviewed at a place like Peace. I don't think they're really leveraging it that well 10 years later. And yeah. So, yeah. You know, it, it seems to me too that's like, it's ridiculous that there aren't, like every college should have a team of student creators, right? That is yeah. literally, they should work with the marketing team. They, in my opinion, they should be paid. And what they should have access to, like they, they they should be pitching ideas for original shows, right? Original dialogues, right? Yeah. By William yeah. Peace University or whatever it, whatever oh, the school is, right? Like, and and the, these students in the same way, like what's kind of happening happening just culturally too is like folks are moving away from like the you know quote unquote mainstream media, and they're they're finding independent creators that they like and and voices that they trust and that's where they're consuming their news that's where they're consuming their you know creative content like that that's actually i mean like my brother spends more time watching youtube than he does on netflix like absolutely and and that's crazy to me like that's and i think that that's a phenomenon that a lot of folks who especially folks that are in leadership in in higher ed like just can't wrap their minds around right they're still watching cable um and so it's like right and 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 then just like you mentioned with your brother i think why students are drawn there is because it's real Exactly. And it is organic and it's not polished and it's not super, super branded and produced. I think that colleges can still do something like we were doing with a piece pacer cam where they produce it in a sense of here's talking points and then just go. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And then just let a student just go. And so, yeah, I mean, another thing that we did with a student at ambassador of mine who worked in the marketing department was we created a series called peace street perspective Ooh. and it's where i wanted him to just go around the city because peace's big thing is downtown raleigh you've got downtown raleigh at your doorstep right so that is that is that is arts that's sporting events that is um just all kinds of festivals, concerts, community events, all that stuff, literally right steps from your dorm room, which not a lot of colleges have. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I would just send him out into the world and say, hey man, go cover First Friday. And First Friday is basically a a thing in downtown Raleigh where a lot of artists do pop-ups around town. You've got live music, you've got people who are wood makers out there, all kinds of stuff. Um, and, uh, people would just go drink beer and beer and wine and kind of just walk around downtown. And I was like, go, go cover it from a student perspective and put it. And I put a camera in, in his hand. And then we also took his content from there and we repurposed it into a blog too. Yeah. I love and it. so I think that you can take that content and you can repurpose it a lot of ways. You could turn it into a podcast. You could have it as a vlog and then you could also put it as a blog so you can have it on your website. You can have it on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, right? And then you can also have it on your YouTube channel. So you're diversifying that content and you're leveraging it as much as possible. So it's not just on one medium. Yeah. And so that's a piece of advice that I give anyone on college 
campus too is repurpose that media um in a way that you can that it has legs yeah right it run uh on a couple different platforms and it can do it for a while now i will say i will give it to colleges and say maybe they don't do a lot of that because students at the end of the day are students and sometimes they can be flaky they cannot show up on time they can be hungover from the night before whatever it is right so that so that p street perspective segment lasted like a semester Hmm. um because yeah. the student at the time was just kind of slacking on it. Yep. So, but we were a two person department, really small school. There was no reason why a university that has a larger marketing team and more student ambassadors couldn't consistently keep that content going over time. Yeah. Right? Well, I think what's also worth just, uh, uh, pointing out here a lot of people today regardless of like what discipline you uh are studying what field you're in etc when you're in college like there's just this growing awareness of like the personal brand right and like people do want there are zillions and zillions of podcasts now right like and like over covid i think it like doubled like the number of podcasts that were started like doubled um <laughs> yeah. and it's i mean it's like people like especially gen z like I mean, there's all the, you know, you've heard this before too, about how, you know, Gen Z wants to be uh, the number one thing they want to be is like a YouTube creator, right? Or like, yeah. you know, they, they want to work on in, in content. They want to be an independent creator as opposed to, you know, being a doctor or a lawyer. And like, it, it's just, it's nuts how much this generation has, uh, has shifted its, its kind of career paths and like it's, it's their yeah. goals for what pr- professional life looks like for them. But anyways, I think it would be just incredibly wise for the marketing team to go talk to department heads, right? And say, okay. Talk to me about like, you know, give me a list of maybe your top 20 students, not necessarily just top 20 students uh, from a, a grade standpoint, right? Who, not, not necessarily top of the class, but like who are students that are in class, they're doing well, right? They, they clearly love the program and they're, they're succeeding. Like they're asking questions, like they're, they're a, dyna- a dynamic personality in the, in, in the course. And then of those, I don't you know, 20, 40, whatever it might be, depending on the size of the class, go to those people and look and see, like, do a little bit of stocking, maybe. Are any of them creators already? Because there's a good chance they could be. Um, and yep. if they're not, like, or if they are, rather, maybe try to bring them into a conversation and say, hey, like, we know that you, you're a top business student at our school, right? Like, you're you're doing super well. Like, what what, do you, what would you think about, like, starting a, a you know, bi-weekly show where you talk yep. about, hey, here's what I'm learning in, in school. Here's what I think about it, candidly. And Here's uh, what I plan to do with this information, you know, uh, after after college. And maybe you go around and you yeah. interview other people in your class, whatever it might be. Like, find ways to take people that are already creating content, right? That's 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 bonus. That love that love the field, right? Like they're they're doing well already, and pitch yeah. them. Hey, we want to create original content in partnership with you. Like to yeah. me. And then, and then you throw that on YouTube. That's your marketing strategy. Like you Absolutely. oversee it. You give the you brand guidelines. Yeah. You don't need anything else. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and dude, that is exactly it is like, that's where all this is headed is yeah. put the power in the student's hands because it needs to be real organic content from a student perspective. And like you said, there are creators already on every single campus across America. Yeah. Like, 100% leverage it and use it, pay them. If you have to give them tuition reimbursement, yeah. whatever it is, right. Leverage the influencers that you have on your campus already, because it will pay dividends for you going forward in your strategy. And the one thing with higher ed is 
you've got so many people strategy and they're up in the stratosphere, right? And strategy, the word strategy just gets overused and just gets thrown around and thrown Everybody wants to be a strategist, that's why. Everyone's like strategist. It is not that hard. It is common sense. It's exactly what you just said. That's your strategy. Now go do it. It doesn't have to be some documented thing that's presented to the board and and all kinds of, it's just like, just literally set your mind to it and then go execute it and go do it. Also, Um, if if people, like if anyone listening here is like going to go do this, you know, maybe, maybe it totally flops, but I promise you the amount of attention that you will get, even from just like the community of people being like, Whoa, what are they doing over there? Like that's different. Like there's nobody doing this. And so if if you just did it, it will turn heads. It will turn heads. It would turn, it would turn heads as an early adopter. Um, but uh, yeah. Ian, I, I have a, just a couple final questions for you. One is just around like a, a little bit more of like a technical or, or tactical question. Like when you're thinking about like editing content, like are there any particular like strategies that you use for, oh, hey, like I want to make sure that, you know, whether it's YouTube ad or just, you know, a video a little bit more generally, I want to make sure that I edit it in this particular fashion so that it, you know, attracts attention, but then also sort of like holds attention. Like, do you do anything technically or are there any like pro tips, like tactically that you'd recommend here? You know, I, I use uh, Adobe Premiere. So I use the whole Adobe master suite. Um, I know there are a lot of people out there that use Final Cut Pro, uh, maybe Avid, uh, some stuff like that, maybe even iMovie. You know, I, there are a lot of cool plugins. There are a lot of cool um, effects that are built into a Final Cut Pro. Um, not really so much on the Premiere side, but you can go get, pay for and download all kinds of plugins, like zoom ins and like like weird looking dissolves and all kinds of things that kind of make an average video pop a tad bit more. So like when I'm editing, I'm always going like how can I go from shot to shot? And is there some kind of cool transition that I can get in there? Um, Because Mm -hmm. I think that that is naturally just kind of eye catching rather than just someone talking on a camera and it's just a talking head, right? Um, Use a lot of B-roll. B-roll is what? It is footage over top of somebody talking. Um, So I'm a huge fan of that. Now that's in more like kind of, ads right like yeah, where you yeah. need to obviously with long form content and stuff like this where you're meant to have a lot of talking head um yeah th- then that's appropriate but um tactically in terms of the editing i mean I, well we also need to look at screen sizes too right if i'm running ads that are specifically going on a story of some sort whether it's facebook stories instagram stories now youtube has stories right every single platform is coming out with, with a story um is i'm making sure that i'm editing my creative uh in that uh 1080 by 1920 window rather than 1920 by 1080 which is traditionally this way you're just you're just inversing um uh or just doing basically yeah. the opposite in terms of your dimension so i'm making sure because most people i mean they are consuming that on their phone yeah so i'm not doing a a horizontally focused uh, uh, landscape. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing a landscape creative piece. If someone's looking at it on a phone. And so I'm more full, full screen. I'm doing a swipe up. I'm doing some things that are a little bit more engaging, kind of like the, the like tap on the screen, like 
Hey, how are you? Yeah, yeah. Now that I have your attention, right? And and then immediately go into some catchy footage. That's all you need. You don't need to really go in. And, and so keeping it short, sweet, and getting to the point, um, that's typically what um, I like to do. Yeah. Um, unless it's long-form content like this. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I liked what you said earlier, too, about, like, you should use your best shot first. Like, uh, yeah. like when, when you're trying to get, like, your attention – uh, the, the attention of a viewer like don't don't hold on to that shot and like hope that oh but no but the build-up and then the big yeah. the grand release exactly. like people won't even get to it so you know your exactly. best shot should be first i like that's super super practical yeah, yeah this is, this is not a feature film where you're waiting for the climax and you're and you're basically putting that in your back pocket and you're holding it you need this is advertising you got to get people's attention immediately so use your best shot first and it's literally the inverted pyramid right and that's I come from a journalism background. It's the same thing with the lead sentence, right? You're, yeah. If it leads, it leads. That's what we used to talk about in like news, right? So you were getting to the point really quick and you're telling your audience basically the, basically the story within the first few seconds. And then basically you fill in the content as you go down the pyramid, but it's literally the inverted pyramid. You were, you were putting your absolute best first. Love it. Love it. Um, all right. Last question for you, Ian, is just, you know, general thoughts on uh, advice f that you'd give for folks listening in who are either creatives themselves. I mean, most of our audience are, are going to fall into that like marketing strategy. Uh, you know, they're they're overseeing admissions teams. They might be an admissions counselor themselves. Um, so yeah. talk to us a little bit about like just any pro tips, final uh, words of advice. And then uh, I kind of lied at this is a part two of your final question is just for, for uh, folks that want to go check out good video content. Like, do you, do you have any schools that you would like recommend that you think, Hey, they're, they're doing video well that folks can kind of go look at, check out, stock their YouTube channels um, to, you know, source some inspiration from. Yeah. Um, let me answer the second one first. Great. Do uh, it. Because it's just on my mind. Sorry. Um, is there are a couple of institutions that I've followed a while that I think do a lot of things well creatively. Um, one um, is one that I found several years ago when I was at Peace, and it's Humboldt State. Hmm. And they are in the Pacific Northwest. If you go to their website, you go, okay, cool. You see a lot of green um, because, I mean, the landscape is is beautiful sequoia trees everywhere all that kind of stuff and as a east coast guy i just don't ever see that stuff yeah, right yeah and so I, you know i've been to the redwoods and stuff like that but like they have that they're just like that's their backyard and it's insane and they have a lot of cool programs like i think they have like a marijuana growing program or like a cbd program which is really 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 progressive and i'm yeah. like that's really really cool man that's what students are wanting to look at these days is like who's pushing the envelope right yeah, yeah. And that's pushing the envelope they have a lot of like fishery and outdoor stuff because it's the pacific north northwest but if you look at their youtube account the content they put out and the quality of it is fantastic man and they do a lot of aerial drone shots that show like i mean it's just it's it's beautiful and and then that makes me like i've watched their content for years and gone, i want to go there yeah oh i love and it I'm, and i don't even know what half of the programs are right <laughs> but like but like but 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 yeah that is humboldt state okay um check them out uh another one is maryville and i just thought they had a really cool website at at the time 
Um, and recently, over the last few years, I've seen them doing a lot of digital ads. Huh. Um, and it's a lot of like pre-rolled YouTube ads, right? Like 15, 30 second spots before you skip, right? And it is, they have invested a lot in cinema level quality um, ads. Huh. And me as a creative and as someone who works with cinema cameras and stuff, I go, that looks really good. That's really tasteful, really beautiful. But they just had a really nice brand, a really nice website. Um, that's that's really all I can think of yeah. off the top of my head. But but I mean, Humboldt State really, really did that well. Okay. And they tell stories and follow professors and students into the field. I mean, they're like walking around with like an FPV cam, like through like fisheries and stuff. And like people are like, like taking water samples and doing, I mean, it's very immersive stuff. Ooh, I like it. And it yeah, so I, I would check them out and shout out to whoever their marketing team is. Good, good. Um, so, so then that is the institutional one, and then the first part of your question was what again? <laughs> folks who are folks who are working uh, in higher ed, our our audience right now, like if if you if there's you know just two pieces of of quick advice that you would give that you'd offer based off of everything that we just chatted about today, that folks yeah. can kind of go and implement in their own context. What would you recommend? Yeah, invest in content creators. Lots of content creators. Um, we I, we talked about that a little bit before. Whether that's students you have and you want to leverage students you already have, like you should be doing that yeah. no matter what. But also content creators who are on staff who can go cover an event of students smiling, uh, having fun, right? If it's a student life event, students who are cheering in the stands and all that stuff, go cover that because that's real. You don't have to fake that for a branding shoot. Mm. That's that's like real. You can go capture that, and it doesn't get more organic and real than that. And then you can use that photography in your view books. Use it on use it as website banners. Use it on your social media and put it on your content calendar. Right? Like, go capture content on your campus. Use what you have. Yeah. Um, right? And then. The other one is, this is something that I've seen and, and I, and you kind of talked about it a little bit before, but it was, you know, I, I see a lot of colleges combining positions Yeah, and I get it from a budget standpoint. Um, I really, really get it. Um, because as I talked about before, enrollment is the, is really the lifeblood for the, a lot of these smaller privates, right? So yeah. when enrollment's yeah. not going up, you have to combine a lot of positions or not hire new people or whatever. But my strongest piece of advice will be separate communications, separate marketing, separate admissions. Mm. And it was, you were talking about earlier, it's really cool to see colleges doing admissions marketing people now. Yeah. That is genius. I said, that was one of the first things that I had told Peace back in the day. I was like, I feel like, you know, our top priority is creating content on behalf of like the entire strategic initiative of marketing at peace was to increase enrollment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were producing a lot of content for admissions, but then we were also getting pulled in the direction of producing more brand level type things, press releases, all of that stuff, right? A lot of stuff for the president's office, a lot of stuff for alumni relations and donors, because they have to get dollars too. Right. And so we were pulled in all these different stakeholder positions. And sometimes we lost sight of that strategic initiative of just our goal is to grow enrollment. Yeah. Um, 
And so I think having a, at least one person in a mark or in a admissions department who their, their job is to do marketing would go a long way for a lot of colleges can calm people, keep them more toward the PR, um, keep them more toward the internal communications that need to go to students. Yeah. Right. Um, and really to the university as a whole, like, Hey, crisis communication what happens when an active shooter is on campus yeah, right like yeah, yeah, yeah. god forbid we don't want that to happen but we had a scare like that at peace and i had to lead the crisis calm for that and i'm like this is obviously the top priority safety first um but like it would be nice to have someone else whose role it is to where they're dealing with pr and they're doing with communication type things and not marketing and then keep marketing focused on making the university look awesome and sound awesome and making sure that you are targeting your audiences and that your drip campaigns work well with the, the, the messaging you want to come out of admissions and all that kind of stuff. Sep separate those. Cause like I said, I was the director of communications and marketing. Yeah. Yeah. My, I had, I reported three or four different bosses when I was there and their titles were always vice president for enrollment and marketing. And it was always 90% of their job was focused on enrollment. And then 10%, they're like, oh yeah, what are we doing with marketing? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like, I, I just see that at a lot of colleges and universities. And so if there's a way to, to, to silo some of those and keep them focused on their individual lanes, I think that that produces a better overall product for every institution. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think the the institutions that will do this really well are the ones that will figure out. Okay, how do you? I like what you said about keeping them focused. Like, what does it look like to have siloed focus, but right, not have silos where there's not like, you know, uh, where there's a lack of collaboration between collaboration. Yeah, yeah, right. Like yeah. an increasing yeah. collaboration um, while simultaneously uh, a, a doubling down on focus and priorities. I love that. Um, exactly. Right. Be, be, because the one thing that I noticed is that when you have a lot of those combined positions, you do all of them. Okay. And none of them really well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, man, yeah. this has been, uh, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, uh, yeah. life you. to talk to us and, to, uh, come out and, be on the show. Um, if folks want to learn a little bit more about you and uh, what you all are building, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, uh, get in touch with me. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm very active on there. Um, it's E-N-C Dunn. That's I-A-N-C-D-U-N-N-E. You can find me on there. Um, you can visit our website too, reroute.com. Um, feel free to fill out the contact form. We've just got a splash page up there for now, but uh, plan to have our full website launched in Q1. And yeah, just DM me. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'd love to connect with anybody and everybody. Awesome, man. Well, and we'll link to your site and to your LinkedIn below in the show notes. If you're listening to this, just scroll on down and go and connect at the end. But uh, thanks so much for your time, man. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it.